welcome to Launch, the GCC podcast. I'm your host, Marty Duran, Director of Communications for the Great Commission Collective. We're a global network of churches partnering together to plant churches and strengthen leaders. This year in the Great Commission Collective, we are really emphasizing church planting and why not? We are a church planting network and our mission statement includes planting churches and strengthening leaders. So my guests today are Jerry Lingenfelter and Nate Ewell, both of whom serve at Mission Church in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and I'm really happy that they're here. Uh, Perhaps as we talk about church planting, some of the things that you think about are, uh, how can my church best do this? How can we structure to, uh, to keep church planting at the forefront of all that we're doing? And maybe some other things related to that. Uh, Well, this conversation with Jerry and Nate is very enlightening. Uh, They talk about how they think about these things. Uh, They talk a little bit about what God has done over the last few months to prepare them to be effective in this direction. And I think it's a helpful conversation, and I hope that you will enjoy it. I'm joined today on launch by two guys that are no strangers to, I mean, one of them is pretty strange, but neither one of them are strangers to the GCC family, uh, pastor Jerry Lingenfelter and uh, also pastor, but that's not your official title. Nate Newell, Nate, what is your title? Yeah. Uh, so I got a long fancy title now. It's the interim pastor of ministry and mission development. That's awesome. You're, you're, uh, your business card now has to be like a 16 by nine, like a movie screen width to get all that on there. Right. That's right. They're printed poster size. Yes, sir. <laughs> That's great. So you guys are in Jerry, you say it like, I don't say it the way you say it. I say Lancaster. That is obviously not the way to say it. Where are you? That lets the residents know you're a foreigner. I know. So it's <laughs> Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Come on. You can say it Lancaster. I, I, Man, I would sound so bad. Ask Nate how I say the word where of the city where he lived like six months ago. I can't even get in the neighborhood of right on that one. Nope, nope, that's right. That's okay. Other side of the world. So we'll just <laughs> let that be. <laughs> So we're going to be talking about church planning and uh, leadership development and how those are related. Um, so Jerry, why don't you talk a little bit about where Mission Church is uh, kind of where how you got to where you are, and then how Nate got involved in this. And then Nate, we'll we'll go over to you for your story about how you pulled into this. Yeah, so um, Mission Mission Church um, uh, became Mission Church by name uh, just a couple of years ago, and uh, we really um, sought after the Lord to um, to lead us to a name that really defined. Uh, who we are as a church. And uh, so Mission Church is the full name. Uh, the mission is what we're about, and the church is uh, is who we are. And um, as part of who we've been over the course of the year is really uh, been defined by the mission of God, our desire to make disciples and uh, multiply churches uh, to the glory of God. Uh, but ultimately, uh, that bridge in between, of course, of making disciples and multiplying churches is uh, the development of leaders, and that's really been like a real heartbeat of uh, what uh, fires our church up and uh, gets us moving, and uh, and so uh, kind of leads us even into the reason why Nate uh, is here with us at Mission Church. Um, so, before we uh, ask Nate how God got him to Mission Church, talk a little bit about how you think about or how your church thinks about 
leadership development. So that's obviously a big component if you're going to be making disciples and planting churches and all those kinds of things. It, you're, you're, there's several steps from a person who comes and follows Christ in baptism before you're sending them out to be a church planner. Talk a little bit about how your uh, leadership development works. Yeah. So, I mean, we really see leadership development as, uh, as discipleship pathway, right? And, and from the moment a person steps in the door, uh, we think of them again, uh, needing the gospel of Jesus Christ and having received the gospel of Jesus Christ from that moment, we treat them like a leader. And I know that, um, the jury's out on that and maybe that statement even catches people a little off everybody's a leader but uh, the reality is what are we doing in discipleship but teaching people uh, to lead their lives in submission to christ and i just think there's something um, there's something about treating someone um, with the dignity and the respect uh, that comes and even the expectations like the spiritual expectations that come uh, with leadership and so all the way from our um, welcome and hospitality process, uh, even our discover, uh, consider mission class, uh, we're laying the foundation and vision for, hey, from the moment you walk in the door, uh, we believe God has a plan for your life and he desires for you to lead your life um, as a loved and sent disciple of Jesus. And so our mission statement is to live loved and sent to the glory of God. We're making disciples who live loved and sent to the glory of God. And um, we wrote recently a four-week um, commit to mission um, track or a class, if you will, that really lays down four key commitments that really stick with the life of, of discipleship and leadership development in our church. And so we have a welcome to mission track which lays the foundation we then have a growing at mission track which takes those four core convictions which are number one we commit to mission secondly we commit to maturity or growing uh, in jesus number three we commit to ministry which is serving jesus and then number four we commit to multiplication uh, right which is multiplying the mission uh, for Jesus in our context. And so our next, our growth track then takes each one of those commitments and builds out on, mm -hmm. on it at a discipleship growth level. And then welcome track, growth track. Then we have our leadership track, which takes those four commitments again. And so commit to mission. We take our leaders through a biblical theology of acts and then uh, commit to uh, maturity. Uh, we then have a Pauline epistles class. So we're laying a foundation for biblical theology and how to grow in the context of, of the family of families, the church. And then uh, our commit to maturity track, we have an essentials of sound doctrine uh, that we take our leaders through. And then um, committing to multiplication, we have a leaders uh, in the early church course that really helps them see their place as a leader in helping to multiply the mission. And that kind of leads us to where we are now with mm -hmm. uh, the next step in this whole process is people who are beginning to mature through and uh, become equipped through um, our ministry and leadership training process. Uh, how do we equip them with the proper skill sets to be launched onto ministry teams and sent from uh, Lancaster 
Pennsylvania uh, into the region and uh, into the world. So long answer, but you asked for the kind of the scope. Yeah. That's how yeah. we're thinking of it, from yeah. literally from parking lot to part of a team. That's um, awesome. And, yeah, for sure. So Nate, uh, when these conversations were taking place uh, over the course of the last year, year and a half, you were not in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Uh, you were on the other side of the world. So for most people that are listening, at least GCC folks are at least familiar with some of what's happened, but do a little overview of what has taken place with you and your family uh, from kind of mid pandemic to now and how you wound up at Mission Church. Yeah, sure. Um, so we were uh, living in the city of Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia. I was pastoring the uh, an international church there called Harvest KL, and uh, it was uh, it just became more and more obvious as as COVID got as we all began to realize the seriousness and the totality of it, how it was impacting uh, foreigners in the country of Malaysia, and uh, massive influence in uh, at, at all different industry sectors. Um, a lot of people were uh, being forced to leave the country. Um, uh, they were in the midst of the difficulty to receive a, a, a visa. There was also just the the country shutting down and not letting people in in or out. And and um, in all in the midst of all of that, it changed the dynamic of our church massively. And uh, we just came to realize that um, it, it was it, our our presence there was more of a hindrance, um, which is. Uh, a difficult realization to get to, but um, mm -hmm. that the Lord was really actually going to be moving us out. And so um, that we made that decision in October and then ultimately left um, at the end of December, um, was able to leave a, a three-man elder team in place and they're looking for a pastor and that church, it, it hasn't um, it hasn't stopped the church. It just has dramatically changed how that church is doing ministry mm -hmm. there. And they still have a lot to figure out in that way. But in the midst of that, I was like, man, okay, Lord, if you're moving me away, we always said, um, we will, we will persevere and fight to stay here as long as you have us, Lord, but make it obvious if we, if you're, if you're done with us here, well, mm -hmm. he made it super obvious. <laughs> and so then I was, you know, at one point I was so focused on all that was going on. I suddenly realized, oh man, I need a job. Like I, there's something, there's yeah. something that happened here and I uh, didn't have a clue. And, and in the midst of a pandemic, how do you find a job? And, uh, but, uh, you know, we had been, um, not, not only do I have a good friendship with Jerry, but we have a long relationship. Um, I was actually hired at this church in 2007, uh, to plant a church on the Southern end of Lancaster County, which we did in 2008. And so 13 years ago, I was on staff here at this church and, um, they really launched, uh, me into uh, and commissioned me into church planting ministry. I, I served at Oak Hill Fellowship Church, which is a GCC church mm -hmm. that Ben Miller now pastors, and uh, served there for seven, seven and a half years before the Lord call, called us to KL. Okay. And, um, and so as Jerry and I got to start talking about it all, yeah, um, yeah you pick it up from there. Yeah. So, you know, having, having been the church uh, that had the privilege of launching um, Nate Marie, you know, commissioning, laying hands and, and sending them out. Uh, we, we began to pray and say, what is our responsibility as uh, ascending church? Although that's was, a great question. I'm man, that's just really, really good. And Marty, here's the thing, right? Like the, the responsibility, um, led us to an opportunity. And, um, I think when you're again, when you're willing, you know, to basically just come to the scriptures and ask the question, you know, what is, what does the Lord have for us in this? What is the Lord doing in the, in, in our ministry partner's life? And, and 
and really this comes back to one of the core values of being kingdom focused within the GCC, you know, and really valuing partnership. Um, but even more than the partnership piece was we commissioned, we laid hands as an elder team mm-hmm. on this, on this couple, um, even though it was uh, one generation in between where he was currently, but from where he started, right? Paul took multiple trips, uh, but he mm-hmm. still came back to Antioch, right? So uh, we're asking the question, what is our responsibility here? And we believe that um, we had out of that, res- the responsibility was to care for the one we sent. And um, that responsibility led us to the opportunity to say, here, we have a gifted man, right, on the other side of the world, which the Lord has already confirmed uh, to us mm-hmm. that he is suited um, and that um, he's, been, he's been gifted to do the work of ministry, church planting. Uh, but then even within his experience within church networks and within leadership development and um, much of his background, we also believe that uh, the opportunity stood before us with the, to have a man who could help fulfill some of our vision here, which was leadership development. And so um, we look throughout the first century church and we watch how the Lord used calamity to move uh, his workers. And we just simply said, come on, it's, it might be the 21st century, but we, we believe God still uses circumstances like this to redeploy his yeah. leaders uh, into different contexts. And uh, we just felt like we were being obedient at this point. Our leaders, our elders prayed and fasted on the matter. And uh, we just felt very, very led and mm. uh, convinced uh, that this was the next step for us. That's fantastic. Um, so in GCC, we've been talking about how discipleship pathways and leadership development lead into church planting. Um, talk a little bit about how you think about whether you've like made a decision, whether God's made it clear exactly what's going to ha- uh, take place with Mission Church and that. Or, but talk a little bit about how you're thinking through that, what it might look like in some kind of medium term, if not long term, for your church to be using this to plant churches. Yeah, that is that is so good. And man, there's so many places to start, uh, really, in that answer. And um, one of the things that's, that's fascinating is the fact that our church, by and large, hopped on board with this opportunity as that's well. That's great. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I think, and I think that's it happens for a couple of reasons. But we've really preached and and really pushed leadership development as a as a means of theological conviction. Like I think we've all been there in ministry where pragmatically we get it. We're not going to go any further if we don't multiply leaders. Like we mm-hmm. we get the pragmatics of that. Uh, but when we see it as a biblical principle that you start with, not something that you back into by need, right? Jesus called the masses, but he got away and prayed and he appointed the 12 and then he sent them out and he multiplied his, uh, his, his ministry. Uh, you see Paul, you know, his pattern of going into strategic cities, preaching, then cycling back and strengthening those churches and then ultimately appointing leaders uh, you remember he gets he gets stoned and left for dead, and then he goes yeah. back to all those churches, and then he appoints yeah. leaders, which gives him <laughs> the ability to to essentially continue to move on um, with what he's doing. And then by the time God's progressive revelation um, it, it essentially fulfills itself, if you will, in the in the pastoral epistles, you know, Paul says to to Timothy, "Come on, entrust to faithful men that which I've entrusted to you." Mm-hmm. That this idea that it is a theological conviction that we raise up leaders. And so it allows us to kind of stay ahead, if you will, 
by God's grace of, of what's coming. And so uh, our people, when we have, when we, when, when new leaders are appointed, it actually becomes a celebration point, right? Yep. It becomes, it becomes uh, something that is applauded. And um, when our pastors are able to go and serve, right, our people see that, that the church is strong enough for us to be commissioning out. And now, you know, the Lord has, has grown in a way that we're able to now bring in and be able to staff yeah. um, for this as well. And so that, that's a little bit about like kind of the infrastructure in mm-hmm. the thought process and the conviction that gets us here. But in terms of what the Lord actually is placing on our heart, Nate, you can talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I, I think in this too, like one of the things that was said in the GCC uh, plant conference workshops, uh, John Crabtree and Christian McNeely read, uh, led one of those seminars, and uh, they said at one point, leadership development in church must be intentional. And I, I really like the idea that leadership development must, you know, let's start there. It must happen. It's a mm-hmm. theological conviction of ours. And part of the reason is, while everybody understands that there's a pragmatic, like, oh man, we're growing, we need new, new small group leaders. If it's just pragmatics, you're too late to the game. You can't catch up with the need that you have for leaders. And so everybody feel, feels behind the eight ball on that. But when it's a theological conviction, and so it's something that you start with from the very beginning. And, and so you're invested in uh, developing leaders and you're, you're paying, you know, you're spending the time and the money and whatever from the very beginning, even on a small scale, um, you reap the benefits of that because God's way is always the best. It's a theological conviction. He wants us to develop leaders you don't wait to do that until after everything else gets set up. Um, you got to do that from the beginning. And mm-hmm. even when I planted the church the first time, I, I realized I, I started too late. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and so now just the realization of we've got to be doing this from the very beginning. And then when you do, um, your responsibilities and opportunities come together uh, the way it has uh, even in my own story and interactions with all of this. And so Um, We're convinced, and not just because we think it's a good idea, but because we really do believe that the Bible does uh, instruct us to act in this way. And uh, and so we're trying to, well, we're still learning, (laughs) figure out how to, to, you know, it's a conviction, but we're still learning how to practically pull that together. And I guess that's a lot of what my responsibility and role in this next season of our church is. I I would also mention this as well, the um, Dave Harvey in the, in the plant conference, yes. when he did his, uh, multiplication session, mm-hmm. um, that we just the affinity that we felt in, in the rollout, right. Of discipleship pathway, going to leadership pipeline, which goes, leads to planner preparation, which, you know, ultimately culminates in the, in the church planning church. Um, we're looking at that discipleship pathway, leadership pipeline, and how those two things flow together, but saying, how does it, we're asking this question, and this is what we're trying to answer. How does a church build a leadership pipeline that actually can fill the church planner preparation track? Mm -hmm. Realizing Mm -hmm. not every leader that we have the privilege of, you know, ministering with and coming alongside and, you know, we equip we're being equipped even as they're being equipped, right? And not everyone's going to raise to the level of uh, planting a church. They may not be right. gifted in that way. But we think there's a there's also a, a unique opportunity to raise up team members for the church planter 
And so we just have a unique staff here where our worship pastor, Brett Laverne, has been on staff for 20 years, you know, to have 20 years wow. of tenure in, in, in a role of, of worship. And uh, our student ministry and discipleship pastor has been here for over 10. Mm. And um, our uh, ministry and care pastor was a founding member of the church. And so we just have a lot of tenure here. And one of the vision, one of the a piece of the vision is can we utilize some of the experience that we have on the team to raise up team workers that then could be commissioned out to support church planning works uh, within the GCC, within our region. And mm -hmm. uh, we just, I, we see the, the issue of team, the Pauline team for sure in the first century was crucial uh, to the work of church planting, could we be a could we could we be a yeah. contributor? We're asking that question. Could we be yeah. a contributor uh, to raise up team members? So when I think about the New Testament, I think of two things: you have Jesus looking over the fields and seeing that they're white to harvest, and then you have Paul on one of his trips who sees a vision of a man in Macedonia saying, "Hey, we need some help over here." Um, when you're thinking about your field, and I'm not asking like for a specific neighborhood. But when you're thinking about your field, are you looking in like with both of those tensions in mind where you're looking at, you know, point A, point B, point C, like we, a church is needed there, a church is needed there, a church is needed there. But also what if somebody walks in and said, Hey man, we need a church in our community. So are you working with that tension of where you're, you see versus being ready for God to send somebody and say, this is really where you need to go? Yeah, you know, thanks for scaring us again, Marty. Um, <laughs> we, we very much want to build a, a, a leadership pipeline where we're commissioning people to, minute, to, mission, to mission from within our church. And, and that's really our priority. But we also recognize it, not a responsibility to kind of a global sense of that, as well as just the opportunities that come. Like once you start building leadership pipelines and leadership tracks, that attracts all sorts of people who come uh, and, and say, hey, can you help us get, you know, get to wherever we're going from wherever we are. And so our heart beats for that. But man, we just know that the, the task is so significant that yeah. that um, that. So I say it's scary because the vision, I think, has to include um, some of the some of the wider scope of things while we try to initially focus on building some things for our own church here that produce leaders that we send out and then eventually equipping, equipping other teams down the road. Um, we'll just see what the Lord gives us the opportunity for and try yeah. to be faithful for those things as, as they come. But it is amazing what, what fills your calendar, right? And, and, and meetings that, that come about based on just simple vision, right? And so um, in the last couple of weeks, um, uh, even a meeting request um, from somebody in our church who is driving in into church, but they just really have a passion uh, for a church in, in their specific community. And they're beginning to ask the question, how do I, what would it look like to plant a church in my community? Yeah. Uh, like, like a GCC church, like a mission yeah. church. But then at the same time, we also have on our schedule a meeting to talk with somebody uh, internationally as well, right? Mm -hmm. Who who wants to come be part of and then be recommissioned out. Wow, so that's awesome. You see this idea within the first century of almost a spontaneous expansion, right? Where the mm -hmm. church is trying to catch up with what the Holy Spirit yeah. is doing in the hearts of people. So I see it as a both and. We want to be strategic, purposeful, good stewards of what God's given us in one hand, but then be open-handed on the other side to say, God's also leading individuals and uh, having the placing desires on people's hearts and what's the church do uh, the church confirms mm -hmm. uh, confirms that giftedness or equips 
the skill set necessary to mm-hmm. recondition that one. Uh, let's not squash the zeal. Let's bolster the strength that 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 can that can that can foster the zeal uh, for the work. Um, but yeah. having having good strong elders who see leadership development and seeing their role as commissioning agents and discerners of giftedness, man, that is. I think that's the, the game key. changer. That's that's the key. Yep. Jerry, um, right here as we're approaching the end, talk to the the pastor of a smaller church who maybe there's two or three elders all together, um, just uh, maybe one or two part-time staff members, and this guy wants to do church planning. He, he wants to be um, obedient in that way, but that task seems like it's the 13th thing maybe on the priority list. Uh, that if it happens, it would be like you know, two or three years down the road. And, you know, we may or may not get to it because of all the ministry that we have to do hands-on. Um, give give that particular pastor some encouragement or maybe even some ideas of how to, how to view this to where it doesn't seem maybe quite as daunting. Yeah, man, for me, my mind and my heart immediately goes to the concept of network. And that we, uh, with that, with across the national and the global landscape, each GCC pastor, right? We have our portion of God's field, mm-hmm. right? We are shepherds of God's flock in our context. And I know for me, like we, we call ourselves Mission Church, and we're telling people we're here to make disciples who are loved and sent to the glory of God. One of my passions is to help the mom sitting. In, in, in worship service, understand mm-hmm. that her contribution to the mission this week is raising up godly kids. Mm-hmm. That dad, dad, your role to the mission this week is loving, respect, loving your wife and investing in your kids so that, so that your household looks like uh, the household that God desires it to be. Because as you have a strong household, you get to contribute then to the household of God, which then yeah. gets to contribute to the broader framework. And I think similarly, churches of all sizes, as we faithfully minister to God's field in our context, we are indeed um, providing, <laughs> we are contributing to the mission. Mm-hmm. And, and, and as those folks mature in Christ and resources become available, as, as those folks that you're investing in week after week after week grow in leadership, you know, eventually we, around here, we say, eventually somebody pops, mm-hmm. right? And just stay faithful, keep shaking that popcorn pan because eventually <laughs> right, someone, something is going to pop. So just continue to be faithful and do what God's called you to do. Preach the word, develop leaders uh, to the best of your ability. And for me, that's as simple as inviting people along. And, um, and a very practical thing that I do each week is, as a personal means of leadership development, apart from the leadership classes that I teach, is, is that we have a service review every Friday. And I invite the pastors and then other leaders from the church uh, to sit through a read-through of my sermon, of our, whoever's preaching, mm-hmm. and then critique, give feedback, and ask any questions they want to ask about the weekend's message, and they get to contribute and collaborate with the weekend service. Awesome. Right, that's just a simple way that you're inviting people in in a, mm-hmm. in a modeling way. So uh, that's a broad, a broad scope of what I would say to the pastor, but then there's also a practical thing that's something you already do that will benefit your, you and your leading and preaching 
is to invite up and coming leaders to be part of that process. It, it's been huge. Yeah, that, that process is, um, it, it's humbling. Um, and yet I think it's just a great model of how uh, we can be investing in the next generation. It's not telling somebody, it's inviting them in. And uh, I think that's a big part of leadership development. And, and that can happen at any scope, at any level. And, um, and so even as, even as we think about, um, okay, you don't, have, you don't have the ability to hire a staff member to do leadership development, um, that, that's okay. It really, leadership development starts in the discipleship level. Mm -hmm. Like just disciple people well. And uh, you're going to need to multiply and have other people disciple. And, and, yeah. and that's leadership development right there. And while it may not have the reach into a church planting in a region or worldwide, if you keep doing that well, you will definitely have that opportunity down the road. And, um, and so, uh, you know, just do the fundamentals, discipleship, disciple people well, you, then turn them into leaders. And you're going to have opportunity to turn them into then commissioned individuals into teams and church planting and such, such. Yeah, Apostle Paul says we all have gifts that differ. I'm inclined to believe that churches as well within the network each have a personality, temperaments, and gifts that differ, right? And when we're all doing our part, large and small, we all bring something very significant uh, to the table that keeps the mission moving forward. Yeah. Really think, you know, make sure you make it a priority. Yeah. Um, so I, I think of, uh, just because it's so closely associated with me, but Ben Miller down at Oak Hill Fellowship Church is, uh, is a is doing an excellent job of developing leaders and he's yeah. taking them through preaching cohorts and and men's ministry events that produce leaders and and um and that's that's something that anybody can yeah. and should be doing you know but yeah. to make it a priority you have to schedule it you have to invest resources yeah. to do it you have to celebrate it you have to be ready for it and cast vision for it and and um so like i said at the beginning if you're if you wait for the pragmatics you're too late it has to be conviction from the beginning, start at the beginning, doing leadership development, doing these activities, and um, and you'll get opportunity. Right. Schedule, schedule a leadership training class. Schedule it. Just mm. put it on the calendar and then promote it and say you're having it. <laughs> and if one person shows up, if one person shows up, you have the best breakfast with that guy you could possibly yeah. have. And you pour into that guy that shows up because even if he's not your next key leader, he's going to sharpen you and your ability to make leader. Schedule That's it. That's awesome. Put it, put it on the calendar. Well, Jerry, Nate, this is going to be helpful to a lot of people. I really appreciate y'all's time and uh, pray God's blessings on you guys at Mission Church in Lancaster as you are uh, surveying the field and uh, being open to the people that God brings to you. Thank you, friend. Thanks, Marty. Thank you for listening to Launch, the GCC podcast. If you haven't subscribed already, why not take a moment to do that in your favorite podcast app? Also, rate and review the podcast when you get a moment. That helps us with search results. And recommend us to your friends, maybe other pastors that you know, who will benefit from the content from this podcast. Also, don't forget to check out our website if you haven't done that already. It's gccollective.org. That's gccollective.org. And there's a lot of helpful information. There's articles. There's how you can join the GCC, whether a church planter or an existing church, and plenty of other content that'll help you grow spiritually and encourage you in your leadership journey.